Beautiful. Well, uh, welcome everyone to the For the Parents podcast, where again, my hope and goal for this particular podcast is that you parents would listen and that it would be an opportunity for you to connect with what we've got going on in the student ministry. So the last time we spoke, I wrapped up the You Are Not Your Own series, and I started a new series last week that I also continued uh, this last Wednesday called For the Bible Tells Me So, um, which is just a mini-series. I'm actually thinking about extending it, but a mini-series on um, what is the Bible, basically. I'm trying to answer that question. So three questions I'm asking. What is the Bible? What is the Bible for? And then how do Christians approach the Old Testament is next week. And particularly that squirrely book of Leviticus. What do we do with that one? That is definitely a topic worth discussing. That's right. Oh, and James is here, by the way. That's so. right. I'm here just for random comments and commentary. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to quickly cover last week and then kind of what I touched on last uh, night. Last week, I asked the question, what is the Bible? And I gave them three things to think on. Uh, so what is the Bible? One, I started with uh, the lesser important one is that it's a human work, um, that it's made by humans and um, really for humans. Um and it was made over like 1,500 years. About 40 or so authors contributed to the Bible. And it's written in Hebrew and Greek, a little bit of Aramaic sprinkled in there, like in the book of Daniel. And it's uh, been translated um, numerous times from the Greek and Hebrew into Latin and then also into English, and now tons of different translations into Syriac and different things like that. So there's a lot uh, when it comes to the this being a, you know a human work. But the the main thing I wanted to stress in in that is saying that um, humans over a lot of years um, wrote the words of God, um, which ties into the second point that I said is that it is a divine work. It's primarily a divine work, but I started with the human work first. Um, and so I said, it's a human work and it's a divine work. And the way that I kind of teased that out was saying like, the Bible's not just a book. Well, one, the Bible's not even really, I mean, we have it in a book format, but it's more of a library than a book, right? It's a collection of books that highlight God's words. And so um, in it being a divine work, I said, it's a divine work because it's actually God's action in the world. And I kind of basically said like words are actions, right? So I use the illustration with the teens and one that I love is saying like, hey, uh, I, I had Thomas Matheson, for instance, come up on stage and I said, step on my foot. Okay. And he stepped on my foot. I said, now I'm not going to touch you. All I'm going to say is one phrase and I want you to react as naturally as you can to that. So Thomas is stepping on my foot and I said, Thomas, you're stepping on my foot. Can you guess what he did? He probably stepped off your foot. He stepped off my foot. Now, one Something to note is I only spoke. I didn't push Thomas off me. I didn't do anything that would have forced Thomas off me. I just used words, right? Also, I didn't say, Thomas, you're stepping on my foot. Can you get off, right? I just said, Thomas, you're stepping on my foot. And through the context and through human interaction, he moved his foot off of mine. So I didn't, and again, I didn't like wax eloquent about what the foot is to let him know. Like I just said that simply, Thomas, you're stepping on my foot, right? 
And so through that context and through words, he saw that there was an action to take. And so what I basically said is the way that we see the Bible is like we kind of, I think oftentimes in Christian circles, talk about it as like this past inspired work, right? Where God has inspired it. And I think in inspiration, we have to both say that God inspired authors through their entire lives and then also inspired authors in the, in the, in the writing of the texts. Um, but that doesn't look always the same. Like sometimes God clearly dictates things that they're to write, but then it seems like there are visions that God tells them to write down. And so those visions, we can assume when they happen in real life, like, you know, sons was walking down the street and they get a vision from God. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the, <laughs> the exact words to go. God didn't give them the exact words in that moment. Right. Yeah. They had to go and write it down later. Mm-hmm. Right. So, there's both inspiration in the the life of the author and also in the actual writing, but also in just, there's there's a lot of ways that it's fleshed out. Um, and then also it's inspired, like I kind of did something blasphemous as I dropped a Bible as an inspiration and said, this is just paper and ink without God's spirit, without God actually working through these words. This is just paper and ink. Um, and so I was illustrating that it's God's actual action that makes the Bible something. And that it's not even just the words that are inspired. Because if it's still words are inspired, then we're actually closer to Islam than we are to Christianity. Um, and it matters what the words are, right? You can't just cast off the words. Like, there's here's an illustration, right? If I were to read someone a poem, right? Generally, when we read a poem, we then talk about it to interpret its meaning. However, that meaning, it can't be, you can't remove it from the poem, right? Like, to convey, the poem conveys what it conveys in a way that normal language can't. So poems speak in a different way than just straight prose does, right? If that makes sense. Yeah. So even though there's a meaning within the poem, you can't get that meaning without the poem. Correct. Right? So anyways, all to say is you need the words, but also you're, it's not just the words themselves are inspired because that would cause trouble for us when translating right that's why the quran remains untranslated they you can't translate the quran because to to go from the the arabic there to any other language would be to corrupt the quran correct so you're this third point that you're trying to make is that the hebrew word or the greek word itself is not where the power resides or comes from it's god himself it, yeah, it's from God himself. And really, we the the reason the Bible is an authority in our lives is because of the authority that's behind the Bible, and that's God and his spirit working through the, the Bible. So there's like past inspiration and current inspiration. So anyways, and I, there was more things that I talked about, but I said, it, uh, what is the Bible? It's a human work, a divine work, and then I also said it's a story. And I used Jesus's um, walking with the uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus, right? And he opens their eyes to see how all, starting with Mose, Moses and then the law and the prophets, how it all really told the story about him. And so he's talking about the Old Testament there and saying that that was a, a story about him and how it revealed about who he was, right? So I, I said it was a, a human work, a divine work, and a story. And that those are key things. Like if anybody were to ask you, well, what is the Bible? You would first say, well, first it's a human work. But it's also in, in primarily a divine work, and it's a story, and it's a story particularly about Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that was week one. Hey, parents. I am cutting this podcast here and releasing it as part one this week. I will then release 
uh, part two a few days later just to make it more digestible. Each is going to be about eight to nine minutes. So thanks. Listen in uh, for week two overview in just a couple of days.